Welcome to Hope in the Margins, a podcast of Hope Community Church. Uh, my name is Caleb Blanton. I'm joined with Chandler Young, and today we have our pastor of care and counseling. Is that the correct way to say it, or is it? Pastor of care and counseling. Okay. Yes, that's right. exactly correct. <laughs> this is uh, Dr. I like to say that, Dr. Dr. Rick Hamrick. And uh, our goal today is to just help you find uh, the hope of Jesus in the margins of your life. And so um, we're here with Rick, and... Uh, uh, we're going to hear from him today. So glad to be here. Yeah, so glad you're here, Rick. Tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do here at Hope. I know caring counseling, but explain that uh, for okay. people that might not know. Well, who am I? Uh, quick story. Yeah. Uh, the day I was born. Should I start there? <laughs> uh, maybe not quite that far. <laughs> Uh, as a matter of fact, that was, that was so far back that we, <laughs> we wouldn't have time. But uh, I have been in ministry, full-time Christian ministry, for 35 years. Wow. I think I'm the old man around. But I've uh, had wonderful opportunities of ministry uh, during that time, great experiences. I spent half... Uh, the first half of my ministry, I was a youth minister. And the second half of my ministry, I was a senior pastor. And I'm currently in my third half. <laughs> and in the third half, I'm doing pastoral care and counseling, which is something I did all through the other years. But now I'm able just to focus on it. I spend all the time that I need to and that others need for me to. And... Uh, so how do I get to be a pastoral counselor? Well, I've had a good bit of education. I've learned a lot about the Bible and what it has to say about our relationship with Jesus and how that affects every aspect of our life. And I've had a lot of experience talking to people. And so that's what I do. Yeah. Primarily is I just talk to people, care for them, show compassion and encouragement. I like it. And so on our episode with the ladies, we also did uh, an interesting fact about them. We didn't tell them we were going to do that, so we didn't tell you. What would be an interesting fact about yourself? An interesting fact about myself. Well, I am afraid of heights, and I'm afraid of depths. I don't want to go deep, and I don't want to go high. (laughs) And I'm married to a woman who loves to go high and loves to go deep and prods me along. And so occasionally I've broken out of my fears and uh, accompanied her on some things, but I've also been embarrassed as I've sat by the edge of the cliff, not willing to jump. Hmm. So, I'll sit right beside you. Maybe that's interesting. Are you afraid of heights as well? Not not that I'm afraid of heights, but I'm not jumping off of anything. You know? It just doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just can't do it. Can't do it. (laughs) That's fun. I love it. I might need some counseling about that, but yeah. we'll yeah. see about that later on. Let's talk about that, how that fear arises. Yeah. I do not have that fear. You don't. Oh, you like that. 
I like heights. Or like I, the thrill is kind of exciting. Yeah. As long as I know, like that's okay if there's some risk, but like I would go skydiving. I would do bungee uh, jumping no, probably. No. no. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Rick, tell us a little bit about, I'd love to hear, I don't even think I've heard full story. Like, Where did you do youth ministry? Uh, I, it, this is interesting. When I was in undergraduate uh, at Garden Webb, I was the part-time youth minister at my home church. Okay. So if you've never been the youth minister at your home church mm-hmm. with your younger brother in the youth group, it's something I highly encourage. It, it gives you a lot of good on-the-job experience quickly. Uh, but that was a wonderful opportunity. The church just loved me through the process of uh, me getting my education and let me try out some things and make some mistakes and so forth. And then uh, after I earned that degree, I went to Polkville Baptist Church um, stayed there 15 and a half years as doing youth education which is now referred to as discipleship Um, I did some senior adult ministry, children's ministry whatever was needed uh, I filled in where I could Um, interesting I have never lived outside of Cleveland County I didn't go to school anywhere but in Cleveland County, except 16 weeks at Appalachian State. Um, God called me to the ministry, so that ended that. And I've never ministered outside Cleveland County except some short-term mission trips. So Cleveland County is my home, Man. for sure. Yeah, that's cool. I was just thinking how there's it's not a not a huge mountain range here, and not really deep oceans you're in a good <laughs> that's place that's right that's right yeah. just right that's in the middle right where you need to be yeah <laughs> i like it that's cool to hear though just yeah. like when we think about the kind of vision and mission of hope even of helping people far from god find hope of god and we we in our church dna is that that is like we want all of cleveland county to experience yes. this hope of jesus and to see that you've been all over the place in cleveland county but Right. Um, continually been giving hope, creating community, and being the church in Cleveland County for yeah. a long time. I, I, I really believe God has just set me here and intends for me to stay. Now, mm-hmm. tomorrow he might send me somewhere. I don't think he will, but he might. Um, I grew up in the Crest District attendance zone, graduated from Crest High School, uh, and after graduating from college, God called me to the mission field of Upper Cleveland County. And uh, that was an odd territory for me. I'd never really been to Upper Cleveland County, even though I grew up in Cleveland County. Uh, so bulldog territory and all that that goes with it. And uh, have just grown to love even another new area of this county. Super cool. And then tell us a little bit about your family. I'm married to Sandy. We've been married this October 30 years. So that seems like a long time. (laughs) Uh, I can remember thinking 
in my younger days that someone that's been married 30 years is just really, really old. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not feeling all that old. Uh, we have a 28-year, well, she'll be 28 in December, 28-year-old daughter, Abby. Uh, her uh, and her husband live in Boiling Springs. And uh, he's a sheriff's deputy. She's a school social worker. Our son is married. They live in Shelby. He's a IT something or another. Uh, he does stuff with tech technology. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's it's great. We've kind of got everybody back here around us. Hmm. That's super cool. Well, one thing that we Caleb and I've been talking about and praying about. Um, not really sure when this will air. But we are in May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I've been reading and studying a little bit, trying to learn more uh, about what that looks like and uh, really just wanting to find ways to encourage college students in my area of ministry, but also for people um, to experience um, life from Jesus and from the Holy Spirit and so just in this idea this realm of mental health wanted to see if there was anything that you wanted to add or talk about or share with our people yeah uh, I am a proponent of mental health <laughs> uh, I, th I think we all should be working on that and I think we all have areas that we need to work on uh, I'm a proponent of the mental health field, professional counselors, therapists, uh, the whole the whole nine yards. Uh, I uh, will occasionally refer folks to some of those outside professionals. Uh, what I do in pastoral counseling is I take the opportunity to meet a person in the situation they're in and introduce discipleship or introduce the hope that's in Jesus into their situation. Hmm. So someone might come to me, for instance, with a, a marital issue. And so we sit down, husband, wife, me. I'm, I'm just a third party kind of listening, soaking in, seeing what the situation is. And then uh, just find ways to interject scripture, uh, the hope of Jesus into that particular situation. And uh, that's, that's in a nutshell what I do. It, it can get a little more complicated and time consuming at times. But I, I want to encourage in Mental Health Awareness Month, I want to encourage everyone to consider the fact that from time to time we need a counselor. We need someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's not our spouse because they're too close. Um, their job is to love us and support us and encourage us, but sometimes we need this other person that's just willing to listen, tell it like it is, interject some truth and love, and uh, so I, I would just encourage everybody. Uh, there's a stigma about it. You know, I'm, I don't need to go to a counselor, especially if I've got Jesus. Jesus is enough. 
Well, but Jesus also created us to be in community with one another and to seek the support of fellow Christians. And so, yeah, Jesus is enough, but sometimes we get to Jesus through conversation with other people. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's good. I was just thinking, uh, you know, I think in a, in, a, in a marriage that is fruitful or successful, whatever you, you'd want to say positive about it, um, you need a loving husband, loving wife, and also the guidance of the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. But if you, um, you to the listeners, Rick is uh, in tune with the Holy Spirit, I would say. And so if I go to him, <clears throat> I, I can, it's not the voice of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit using him to speak into my life. And so I think that, you know, especially a Christian counselor, I think it's almost like a, a sort of a voice of the Holy Spirit. At least being you're being used by him. You know, uh, I, I have to give all the credit for anything I do to God. Mm. And the fact that I have a relationship with God through his son Jesus. And that provides for me the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so that is a real part of the experience that I have with couples or individuals that come to talk to me. Uh, I, I get some of the greatest joy when I'm sitting in a room having a conversation and I have no idea what to say or how to handle this or how to give hope and suddenly words that are not my own or thoughts that are not my own just kind of come out and uh, I'm not special anyone that has uh, Jesus has the spirit but uh, I am in tune because I'm not any good without him so I, I have to say God help me here what what can I say what encouragement can I give yeah I love that I love just thinking through uh, the last year getting to see your ministry and through caring counseling uh, but also uh, in my realm like you teach at Gardner Webb huh? yeah. and then you also uh, have helped lead our community groups and uh, it's just been cool to see you rely on the Holy Spirit in all those different areas mm -hmm. as well and uh, I think you're probably one of the best listeners I've ever I've ever <laughs> met so that makes for a good counselor I imagine it, yes it helps <laughs> it, it definitely does. does but we we love having you on staff and uh, your wisdom and discernment and experience it's kind of funny we you might not know this but there are times where we joke and it's like if we're in a staff meeting and Rick's just being quiet and he starts talking, everyone just starts listening. Whether they were listening or not, all of a sudden, everyone's wanting to hear. Mm. And so we we love you and appreciate you. Well, um, thank you. For so much. Caleb, we got other thoughts well, around. You just said, you know, you, you that feeling of the Holy Spirit speaking through you when it wasn't your own and you need Jesus to help you. I, I was reminded of a story I'd heard. Um, you may have heard of... Uh, small-time musician Johann Sebastian Bach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you may have heard of him. Yeah, um, we go way back. <laughs> he uh, way used back. to... Oh, <laughs> nice. That's two episodes in a row with a pun. Man, oh. gosh. I need to step my game up. 
so whenever he began to compose or, or write uh, new music, he would write at the top JJ. Have you guys ever heard of this? Yeah. And it's, I guess it's Latin, but it was Jesu Jusa. Probably not saying that correctly, but it means Jesus help me. And if we begin our day that way, or we begin whatever we're going to do, whether it is counseling or whether I'm working on a new song or a ser you know a sermon or whatever, we write at the top of our page or the page of our lives in the margin. Oh, uh -huh. we say Jesus help me. Yeah, I think that's probably a good place to be. No doubt. We can't do anything without him. Mm, that's true. Well, we can. It's just not going to be good. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Maybe that's kind of the the question we've done on some other episodes. But Rick, what is something you could share with our people, like in the midst of busy schedules, in the midst of everyday life that can be hectic? Um, maybe when our mental health is struggling and these different that we're just in turmoil. What are some ways that you find hope in the margins of mm. your day? I I love. Uh, at the end of the day to evaluate my day to to be able to point to one positive one good thing that I did or accomplished or that happened to me in each of these areas uh, mentally physically uh, uh, relationally and then spiritually and when I do that, uh, I, I take that opportunity for God to show me, hmm. to, to remind me of the day and what happened and how he was there. Sometimes in the hectic part of our day, we don't think about, hey, God's here. He's guiding this. He's purposefully putting things in place for me this day. But if I take a few minutes at the end of the day to evaluate in those areas, it's amazing how many times God will show me how he's been present during the day. Yeah. Wow, I love that. That's such a cool practical thing. Mm -hmm. My mind, my body, my soul, my spirit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those kind of check-ins of, uh, or check back, I guess, check back of what the days look like. Caleb, what's something practically right now for you? Right now I'm doing this thing where... Um, there's 150 psalms, and there's usually 30 days in the month, sometimes one more. Um, and if you read five psalms a day, you can knock the whole book out in in a month. And so I try to um, I try to start off that way. Um, sometimes it's hard to relate the psalms to to real life because maybe we don't understand the uh, specific context David or the psalm writer was in. And so I feel like I can easily pass through it, but then sometimes it's like, you know, on the 14th when I'm reading the section, you know, the, those five Psalms from that section that I would be at, it's like, wow, like how is this, how was this written, you know, over 2,000 years ago? This makes so much sense for now. Um, I don't know, I just, it, it just, it kind of keeps me grounded. And, and usually within those five Psalms, which doesn't take long at all to read, there's something that really does relate. Sometimes it's easy to pass through one or two. Yeah. But uh, every single time you get to Psalm 23, <laughs> it means <laughs> yeah. something new, you know. Yeah. But but I've enjoyed doing that over the last couple months. But um, trying to make sure that I 
at least have some sort of recollection or, or recalling it throughout the day. That's, I get caught up in too many things, but if I can recall something that David said or, or you know, one of the psalm writers, it, it kind of helps me keep my focus, you know. Mm. I love that. That's cool. I, uh, Caleb and I obviously have been talking about solitude and silence for a while. Uh, I've said, I said to somebody yesterday, it's probably the most impactful spiritual discipline that I have experienced in the last year. Like it's been super impactful and will be for the rest of my life. Um, and so I've been trying to create space for that just as Jesus did uh, in the midst of crowds surrounding. He says that he would, he would flee yeah. often right. to remote places and spend time in prayer. And so I've been trying to do that occasionally throughout the day. But another practical thing that I just started doing um, is that when I write things, I tend to remember them or I tend to remind myself of them. So every morning in my solitude and silence, I'll kind of honestly pray that the Lord would speak to me through his word and illuminate scripture. And so I've been writing it on my hand every morning, whatever the one takeaway is. Hmm. And then throughout the day, I'll like look at my hand, like if it's not washed off, like it's already washed off this morning. Um, but it reminds me of what I learned or what I felt like the Spirit was showing me through His Word, that He's not only the author, but the interpreter and the illuminator and showing me these things in the midst of silence. And so, speaking of that silence, I, maybe you could speak to this, Rick, but like, in the midst of mental health, like I I hear from college students sometimes like, well, I just don't want to sit alone. I don't want to sit in silence because I'm afraid of my own thoughts. Mm. And I didn't know if you had any wisdom for that to speak to that or Caleb. I know we've talked a lot about what it looks like to sit in, in the silence and know that you're not alone. Like, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Well, it's, it is important for us to allow God's voice to be loud and clear, even during times when we're sitting silently. Mm-hmm. We, we can lie to ourselves and, and feed ourselves negative talk while we're just sitting thinking. Uh, or we, we're reminded of the negative uh, messages that we've received from other people in our lives or whatnot, and so we can just, before it's over, we're just sitting in the bottom of a pit having a pity party. And that doesn't happen, though, when, we're, when we allow that time to focus on the truth that God speaks to us. Yeah, I love it. Some intentionality, focusing on who he is. Hmm. I love it. Well, Rick, thanks so much for sharing uh, your first time on Hope in the Margins, but will not be the hey, last. Hey, there's going to be more times because there's some exciting things happening in care and counseling ministry and community group ministries yes. coming up uh, by the end of the summer or beginning of fall, and I've got to be back on here talking about it. You do, it. So you do. You I just, literally, as we were doing the intro, I was thinking, when is the next one? Because I know that there's so much stuff coming up yeah, that we yeah. have to talk about. Yeah. So, teaser that's yeah. coming along. Yeah. So Big teaser keep right there. So, hey, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Some practical things for you. 
that I'm going to take away with me is that looking back on my day, checking in on my mind, body, soul, spirit, uh, different things like that of how, what are things, positive things that, that I did or that the Spirit showed me in the midst of that. So we love you guys. So grateful for you. Uh, continue to find hope in your everyday life in the margins. Now go and be the church.